Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. That's one small step for man, one giant leap for mankind. So why were we playing Neil Armstrong on the moon? Well, because... Uh, I think it's Tuesday. NASA is going to intentionally crash an almost $500 million Canadian spacecraft into an asteroid. And the idea behind it, as we understand, it's called the DART program, or it is part of the DART program. The idea behind it is to see if uh, by crashing this spacecraft, spaceship, space thing, spacecraft, I'm such a technically uh, knowledgeable astronomer. Um, By crashing the spacecraft into the asteroid, or moonlet, as it's called. I'm not sure what the difference between an asteroid and a moonlet is. But they're going to try to change the trajectory on it. Now, is that because this thing is heading toward Earth and um, threatening us with Armageddon? Apparently not. So don't get worried. NASA says no. It is not a problem. It is not a Bruce Willis movie come to life. It's just they want to see if they can get it done. That's my understanding. See if they can crash. That's a lot of money, though, eh? Spending half a billion dollars to crash a spacecraft into an asteroid or a moonlet just to see if you can change its trajectory. I would have thought that you could do some computer calculations and come up with that information that way, but... What do I know? My guest knows a great deal about all of this. Chris Rutkowski, science writer, who has written extensively on space, on UFOs and related subjects. He has degrees in science and education and uh, is at the University of Manitoba on the faculty. So, uh, Chris, thank you. Uh, thank you so much for, for joining us. What's your view of this mission, and, and why are they doing it now? Well, it's, uh, it's quite a good question. Why would we try this? It's uh, like you said, it's right out of Hollywood, right out of Deep Impact, or one of those. Um, and you know, you were right that you know, why don't they just use a computer simulation? You know, why spend half a billion dollars on this? And the reason is, you know, sometimes you got to try it in real life. I mean, you can we can design a a Jaguar uh, car, but you know, to find out exactly how it handles on curves, you might actually have to build one. So uh, on paper is fine, but uh, real life really has to to give us some real information. Yeah, I, I should tell people as well. Your most recent book is Canada's UFOs Declassified, and uh, that is available in 2019. You wrote when they appeared, and uh, there's such a fascination with space and with the potential of you know the unknown out there. Mm-hmm. And there are people, and this is not a leap. Chris, you could deduce this faster than me. But there are people who are saying to themselves, so why, we go back to the original question, why are they doing it uh, now? Is there something serious going on? Are they just not telling us that this thing is a danger to Earth? Um, <laughs> to people who have that uh, that conspiracy fear, what do you say to them? Well, you know, I don't want to downplay it, actually, because um, the, uh, the division of NASA that's doing this is actually called Planetary Defense. And that's not, you know, against aliens necessarily, but it's against uh, the idea that, uh, you know, there are asteroids and large pieces of debris out there that pass very close to Earth. And when I say very close, you know, I think this particular one, uh, did I most, uh, came within something like 4 million miles of Earth, which sounds a long way, but it's a little too uncomfortable. 
uh, getting a little too close. So it's actually getting a little closer in about 100 years. Um, and the idea is that in, in case there is something that, that appears, like there, there, this one was only discovered in 1996, so there probably are others out there uh, a little bit smaller but big enough that cross the orbit of Earth, which just like this one, it gets uh, very close to Earth, uh, that, you know, maybe, you know, if something might happen, it might get close, too close to Earth and, uh, you know, there's a potential for impact. So the idea, is it possible to actually deflect asteroids that are heading for Earth? And so they had this opportunity, they had this brilliant idea when you think about it. There's actually two satellites and two asteroids, like you say, there's one, uh, Didymos and uh, its little moonlet, Dimorphos. And, uh, uh, Dimorphos itself is pretty small as asteroids go, but it's big enough. Well, you know, just imagine something the size of, oh, BC Place. Small for asteroids, I suppose. Um, and they're shooting a, uh, this little dart spacecraft, um, maybe the size of a refrigerator-ish, at it. Uh, it's going tremendously fast, you know, 13, 14, 15,000 miles an hour. Uh, and the idea is that uh, they're going to, you know, this thing's going to impact on this uh, little moonlet and see if you can make it wobble, see if you can just, you know, change its orbit just a little bit because this, it's actually orbiting this other asteroid, the bigger one, the, the, the Deimos. Just to see proof of concept, is it actually possible to do something that, you know, can protect, and not just the Earth. I mean, it's possible that, uh, you know, there would be... Uh, uh, the space station, or what will pass for the space station in, in 10 years or so, uh, if it's coming too close, is it possible to sort of nudge something out of the way? So, you know, it's, it's, a, it's an interesting idea, and it may have a practical uh, application 100 years from now, but the idea, can we, can we actually do it? Yeah, I, I find it uh, strangely interesting and somewhat disconcerting that uh, NASA has an an arm called planetary defense. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> From what? Are we talking about asteroids or are we talking about those things that pop in and out of the ocean that U.S. Navy fighter jets have video on that we've seen? What are well, we defending yeah, ourselves has, against? I was going to say NASA has, has said it's going to take a look at UFOs in the next little while, or, or they're calling them UAPs now. Uh, in Canada, we still call them UFOs, but the Americans call them UAPs. Um, but, uh, you know, the, the, the Planetary Defense Office at NASA is designed for, you know, asteroids and, and comets and things like that. But, you know, the, NASA itself has a lot of branches. And because of public pressure, and people are really fascinated with the whole con concept of UFOs, uh, that they, are, they said they're going to use uh, some of their technology and you know, their data crunching analysis to try and look at UFO data in the next little while. So, you know, there is a, another side to this, I suppose. So it's not unusual for extraterrestrial objects to strike the planet, is it? Small, small ones. And there have been some pretty big ones as well. Um, if, if this thing, and again, looking, you're saying it's the size roughly of a BC place. If it were to have come into our neighborhood and impacted the Earth, how much damage would something that size do? Well, this isn't one of those things that would wipe out the dinosaurs, but um, you know, even something the size of BC Place would make a pretty big dent. Uh, it would be pretty catastrophic. Uh, we're talking, you know, a lot of damage, uh, earthquakes, large craters, uh, fires, that sort of thing, uh, and that's for a relatively small asteroid. So you can just imagine if 
something of the magnitude as depicted in this deep impact movie was to come towards us, that would be a lot more concern. And, and I have to say that this dimorphos, this, this, even if they manage to wobble, just, anyway, just imagine we're, we're shooting a, you know, something the size of a, of a refrigerator um, at something the size of a BC place. So it's not going to make it move out of the way a lot. Even that little wobble is going to be detected. And there's, I mentioned there's a second satellite. There's actually a small satellite the size of a loaf of bread, if you can believe, that's uh, taking photos. Uh, in fact, it's probably, it's probably taking photos as we speak right now um, just to prepare for it. And, uh, you know, it's going to detect uh, any kind of wobble that might result from this. So there's no, I think people are thinking maybe this thing's going to be bumped out of orbit around uh, the larger asteroid and head for it. But it's not going to happen. Uh, the momentum shift won't be that significant. But the idea is, you know, we measure how much of a bump this one does. How much do we actually have to use if we do have to do this someday? That's the idea. Yeah, because we don't know everything that's out there. They're, they keep track of, what, thousands and thousands of them on a constant basis. But we don't really know everything that's out there. You said this, this uh, what's the name of this one? Uh, Demarphos, yeah. sorry, Didymos. Didymos. Yeah. yeah, so um, we didn't know about that one until 2019, you said. Uh, Didymos in, in uh, um, 1996. Demarphos wasn't found until 20, 2003, I think, something like that. Okay, okay. so we, we don't know all of them that are out there. They can suddenly pop up and, uh, and become an issue, yes? Yeah, they're, you know, we're there discovering uh, uh, near-Earth-crossing uh, asteroids, Literally, you know, every year. So there's there's some out there that get pretty darn close to us. Hmm. All right, but this is not, uh, you don't see this, because <laughs> I'm getting emails, uh, Chris, I'm getting emails right now as we speak from listeners who are asking, is this real? Are they, in fact, trying to get this thing out of the way so it doesn't impact Earth? Should I be afraid? The answer to that one is no. Yeah. No. no, no, it's not. It's not in any danger of hitting Earth right now. And even after they they bump it a little bit, it's it's still going to be in orbit around the larger asteroid. Okay, let me take um, a quick. But the idea is, we want to know. We just have to find out. How do we need to be concerned that something's going to pop up on the screen one day and suddenly be an uh-uh moment? Well, I wouldn't lose sleep over it. I mean, there's there's certainly. Uh, um, Evidence on the Earth that uh, things have slammed into us. Uh, uh, I mean, the uh, you, you, you know, people have been out to a Crater Lake uh, in the states, and uh, in Manitoba, there's a lake called West Hawk Lake, which was created by a uh, an incoming asteroid. Uh, in, uh, no, sorry, an incoming asteroid, but it was, it was something fairly decent sized. Uh, a large chunk of northern Quebec was caused by that, and of course, everybody's heard about the dinosaurs and their problems. Um, so it happens from time to time. Uh, there's fewer uh, than uh, there was at the time when the bombardment was occurring in the early stages of Earth's development. Uh, we see marks on the moon, of course, from lots of uh, impacts like that. Yes. And there are many asteroids out there, and some do cross the Earth's orbit. Um, but, uh, you know, scientists, uh, particularly NASA and other organizations, are keeping track of things that are flying around out there. And we have a good sense of uh, where they are and, and uh, their orbits. Now, occasionally, some are fairly small. And when I say small, again, you know, something the size of BC plays are smaller. Uh, and from time to time, you do get these giant uh, fireballs uh, called bolides that light up the night sky. Uh, the typical 
uh, shooting stars as uh, a piece of comet that's barely the size of a, uh, of a grain of dust or the size of a fingernail in entering Earth's atmosphere, and it burns up so quickly it sort of flashes and then is gone. But sometimes they make it to the surface of the Earth and they're found as, as meteorites on the ground. So, mm-hmm. you know, things are about the size of, I don't know, perhaps a, a baseball and basketball or so. They hit the Earth from time to time. Something larger than that, very, very rare. And um, it's, it's the type of thing, you know, we, we shouldn't ignore, and that's why this Planetary Defense Office at NASA exists, but at the same time, uh, it's uh, uh, it's very, very unlikely. Okay, so I received an email from Lynn, and she writes, there's an asteroid named Apophis, A-P-O-P-H-I-S, on its way, scheduled to hit on Friday, April 13th, 2025. Well, it's not scheduled to hit. It's scheduled to get pretty close. Apophis is one of the Earth-crossing asteroids, another one, there's, and there are several of them. Um, and... Uh, now, when, I, when things get pretty close, I mean, there are asteroids that pass between the Earth and the Moon. That's uncomfortably close, but the Moon is still quite a significant ways away, and some of these asteroids are fairly small. So, uh, again, not, not anything to worry about, but, uh, you know, the, again, the reason why such a department exists at NASA is just in case. Right. So what do we make now of what we've been seeing on television screens and the video that's been taken from the uh, from the fighters, the jet fighters, off the U.S. aircraft carriers, of these tic-tac-shaped uh, objects that are f- just so much faster than, uh, than the jets, plunge into the ocean, fly out of the ocean, cross in front of the jets, and you can hear the pilots kind of whooping it up as they as they see them and try to chase them. What do you make of that? Well, we have to be careful with that because... Um, the video that you see doesn't match what the pilots had actually seen, for one thing. And the other thing is that the videos are only parts of um, much larger videos, which the United States Navy and Department of Defense in the States uh, says uh, they're not going to release because they're classified for whatever reason. And these pieces of videos that we've seen you know, pretty well everywhere uh, were leaked by uh, former uh, counterintelligence people that are, you know, that are now working in the, the UFO community and uh, getting quite a lot of attention right now. Uh, and they've certainly started the ball rolling in terms of uh, the military and other government agencies taking a, an interest in, in UFOs or UAPs uh, as they are you know, more and more known. As a matter of fact, coming up this October, as a matter of fact, uh, around Halloween, uh, the uh, United States uh, is going to release its uh, report on UAP. It's kind of a Halloween treat. And uh, we're going to have to see what they release in terms of whether they're going to give us more information, uh, sort of uh, tease us with a little bit more, or give us uh, the whole deal. Okay. Uh, so it'll either be a trick or a treat, but uh, we'll, we'll find out more around Halloween. So when uh, Close Encounters of the Third Kind was released in the 80s, I aired an interview with J. Allen Hynek, the uh, Project Blue Book uh, U.S. Air Force uh, leader, and I asked him, how close to the truth is this? And you know what he said to me? Much closer than you might imagine, Mr. Green. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. So I think it was pulling my leg. Canada, we get reports of UFOs all the time from pilots, yeah. air traffic control operators, RCMP officers. Uh, uh, he was talking about the meeting, right? The play the five notes. Oh, yeah. Well, who knows? Again, you know, we hear lots of stories like this. There are many people, even here in Canada, who think that they've seen 
uh, entities, creatures of some sort. Right. Um, we don't really know. There's certainly nothing official that we can point to and say. But it's fascinating. The proof is there. We love to talk about it. If you want to hear more, subscribe to The Roy Green Show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you find your favorites. And if you like what you hear, leave us a review and tell a friend. I'm Roy Green. Have a great weekend.